for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in, guys. Uh, it's the Blitz Pod, coming back at you on a Thursday. Uh, the Thursday before the Super Bowl, um, we're all super hype here. We've got the Super Bowl preview episode coming at you today, and I'm joined today by Mr. Jaden Kozak and Mr. Tyler North. Jaden, how you doing, bro? You, I heard something in basketball might have happened Sixers related I, today. I'm, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I got. We got James Harden. We didn't have to give up Maxi. We didn't have to give up Matisse. Didn't have to give up really anything. I'm really happy. A little Blitz and Buckets segment here. So happy. We give up Ben Simmons, who hasn't played a minute for us. Andre Drummond, who can be replaced by any big man in free agency. And Seth Curry, who can easily be replaced with Don James can't Harden. I can't see his kids anymore, man. I'm, I'm happy. I like... Well, yeah, there's that. But, like, I don't care. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I got to start saving yeah, up for finals tickets. Yeah. We really might have to transition back to the buckets part of the blitz, but Tyler, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll start the buckets <laughs> finals, tickets? finals tickets, finals tickets, finals tickets, playoffs, finals tickets. I mean, you got the bucks there. You've got, I mean, the heat are still there. I mean, the nets are still there. You've got the bulls there. The Cavs are there. Celtics are playing I mean, great right now. There. But and they don't they have don't have him beat. And they don't they're have who? Harden. And they don't have Harden with him. They don't have him beat, and they don't have Harden. We'll man. see. Because this is gonna this, in, in my opinion, this this adventure for James Harden could de- define his legacy. Oh yeah, for sure. I I saw something today that was uh, saying that an anonymous NBA former NBA player was saying that. James Harden's going to have a very hard time finding a teammate to introduce him at the Hall of Fame. Get a little baby to do it. He's going to get a little baby to do it. That's that's yeah, that was the first <laughs> reply was get a little baby to do it. I mean, seriously, he he's got to he's got to win here. I mean, and I'm not saying necessarily win the finals, but get there or at least the Eastern Conference finals. And and the I All-Star draft was tonight and Kevin Durant was the captain and James Harden was the last pick and he took Rudy Gobert instead of James Harden. I saw that. It was it was really funny. He was like, "I need a big man, so I'm going with Rudy Gobert." <laughs> what a guy! But um, yeah, we had say we had the NBA trade deadline today. It's a hell of a week for sports, dude. We got NFL honors going on tonight. We had the waste management open today. I mean, it's bumping, it's popping off in sports right now. Uh, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of football season, but. We're going to cover it for you. We're going to dive super into the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to go over some Pro Bowl stuff, some coaching stuff, some new coaching news. But, yeah, let's dive into it, shall we? All right, boys. So, episode 55, let's get into it. And we start with the Around the League segment. Um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of vibing with that segment name, you know, Around the League. I don't know. Kind of like Around the Horn like inspiration i don't know i 
I uh, I've been trying I've been messing around with different names for the segment, but I think I've found one that I like. But yeah, around the league. So we start with the last football game, if you want to call that a football game that we saw this past weekend, and that was the Pro Bowl. Uh, final score in that one: AFC forty-one, NFC thirty-five. Uh, it's the fifth straight win for the AFC. Um, we were talking about it on the podcast last week. Who really still watches the Pro Bowl? Um, I watched it because I was stupid enough to throw some uh, player prop parlays, and I hit on both actually. So that's wild. But um, yeah, it was no secret to anyone who actually watched the Pro Bowl that it the level of competition was just poor absolutely poor it was basically a turkey bowl but less competitive i mean that was the worst product that i've seen produced by the nfl in a long time i mean really people made fun of the pro bowl for a long time but that was literally a joke what they showed and i'm not the only one who believes that that is the truth because we got big guys like uh, Shannon Sharp come out and say something about the Pro Bowl, um, and then you had Dion come out and said, and I quote, we went to Hawaii to prove we were more than worthy, so we competed at practice and in the game. I wanted you to know that prime was prime. What happened and when? And we saw some backlash from some of the players on this, and Darius Slay in particular said, and I quote, uh, we the only sport that don't have an all-star game during the middle of the year. Some guys be having a whole month off trying to recover from a long year, dot, dot, dot. So I want to ask you guys, do you guys have serious issues with the level of play in the Pro Bowl, or is this just something that we've gotten accustomed to? Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you, man. Yeah, I think that – I don't think you can do it in the middle of the season because football is such a physically grueling sport unless you do a two-hand touch style like they did. I mean, yeah, I – the most I saw from the Pro Bowl was Mac Jones gritty, mm-hmm. uh, Stefan and Trevon going one on one with each other, and that was pretty much it. I, I I I will be honest. I turned on the Pebble Beach Pro Am to watch the end of that round more so than the Pro Bowl. I had no interest in watching this, and exactly what these guys are saying, whether it's Dion, whether it's Shannon Sharp, whoever, uh, some of the guys playing the game. I um, I think you had a quote from Barry Slay in here as well. Um, it just it's a terrible product right now and, and nobody wants to watch i texted multiple friends and they were like i didn't even know the pro bowl was going on today so it's just it's it's always that week before the super bowl everybody's if you're not in the super bowl then the only chance you have it playing is the pro bowl and you know i think slay said a lot of these guys haven't been playing since the beginning of january at the earliest so it you take a whole month off and then you got to get revved up ready to go again and it's just not as entertaining the skills challenge is more entertaining than the oh, pro yeah. bowl itself Hundred percent. I I watched the skills challenge pretty not closely, but definitely closer than the Pro Bowl for sure. Uh, Jaden, you have any major issues with the level of play in the Pro Bowl, or is this just how it is now? I think I have an issue with the way that they're playing, and then the way that it's marketed. Don't market it as a football yep. game if you're not going to make it a football game. Either either put it back to how was which i don't think it'll ever be that way because players don't want to get hurt the coaches the teams don't want them to get hurt the nfl doesn't want them to get hurt because they are you know they're their best players are the biggest money makers so i don't think it'll ever be sean oh, was, taylor taking oh heads off gosh they kept bringing but, that play up and they were like we went from this sean taylor hit yeah. on uh, was it brian mormon i think yeah and and they went so, from yeah. this and then they showed dalvin cook getting two-hand touch tackling yeah like I think they should just go all in on it being like, 
not a real game. Either make it rap or flag or whatever. I think I think that makes a better product and keep pumping out like the skills challenges and stuff like that. And like another thing is the out of position stuff. Having you know Stefan play corner and dig Trayvon play wide receiver. That's entertaining. Like people saw that and were like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that's the only thing people took away from the Pro Bowl. I think if you buy in more on it being this like childlike thing it's gonna it's gonna bring in more attention to the nfl and it's not gonna bring all this bad publicity where everyone's complaining what do you guys think about i was just what do you guys think about doing like what the nba does instead of doing the afc versus nfc just have a schoolyard pick them and just have two captains pick their own teams and then just go out there and and have a good time well they did that Mm -hmm. yeah with the with when it was like whoever i want to say that's who it was either that or you know what else i think they should do to really market it have the celebrity influence in this game. Have like a 7v7 celebrity flag football game or something during the skills or, or the night before or something like that. I mean, that would absolutely help out. And it was in Vegas. I mean, of all places. The other thing that I think they fucked up on is that they did put it in Vegas. Either them or the NHL fucked up because NHL All-Star Game and the Pro Bowl were both in Vegas on the same exact weekend. You got You can't do that. You got to split them up. Mm-hmm. And the NHL. Well, the NHL is never going to get. Yeah. They're they're never going to get the kind of publicity when there's NFL on, even if it's not the NFL we're seeing. But I really like the seven on seven idea. I think you could maybe do like pick like eight captains, the eight highest vote getters of regardless of position. Let them pick teams. Do a seven v seven tournament instead of oh, like a tournament. Do like, like you know a fifteen minute period and just have them do a seven v seven tournament. What if you, the other yeah. thing is yeah. incorporating the celebrities into it as well, where you take like four NFL players and three celebrities, seven v seven, put them on a team and, and have a, a tournament like that. Mm-hmm. Which what's one of the things that sticks out as far as like skills competitions or, or one of the fun events that always sticks out over the past like two to three seasons at the Pro Bowl? That sticks out. Well, I I think mostly because of the result of it, but like the the dash thing, like the Mar- Micah Parsons, would- where they all just raced. Like I think that would be just something stupid. I know it only takes like they thirty need to make seconds that longer. But see, I, I, I feel like the dodgeball sticks out the most. Yeah, oh, and it's yeah, a team 100%. competition. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's like a team too. competition. And it's like fun. Like you said, you could throw in a a seventy-seven game, something like that. It doesn't. I think that instead of it being a game, it should just be a weekend of fun events. Yeah. Do, do I mean, you can just incorporate other sports in there. Put a basketball yeah. game in there or something like that. You don't even have to do football. I'm sure the players would enjoy that a lot more than, like, having to go out and actually play football. And, you know, you can go out, you have basketball, you have dodgeball, you get it. Like, get the entire Pro Bowl roster to race each other. Like, and just watching, you know... 60 guys from like from zach martin <laughs> to tyreek hill just all race each other i think that would be way more yeah and if you also if now. you're listening you've got suggestions throw them in the chat i mean this is kind of like we we chatted about a couple yeah. weeks ago with changing the overtime rules and trying to come up with a more a better strategy for overtime it's the same thing just you got to make it more interesting because right now in my opinion out of the nhl and i know the nhl doesn't necessarily have the following that the nfl does but between the nhl the nba mlb and the nfl in my opinion, the Pro Bowl is probably the worst all-star game out of the four major sports. There's no question. I mean, it doesn't have the history that the all-star games do in other sports. I mean, you think about NBA, like the NBA all-star But it's the game. most but it's the most watched sport. Like it should be easy to get fans engaged into a weekend before the Super Bowl. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I love like I don't know about a uh 
AFC versus NFC 100-yard dash sort of thing. I'm not I'm not sure about that, but um definitely like 7v7 Dude, flag I'm... football tournament. Oh my god. That would be so That's much a... fun. The entire Pro Bowl roster, that is a meme factory. That is a, that is an absolute meme factory. Putting like your offensive linemen versus like Tyreek and just watching them fall on their face trying to catch up like I, th- I think that'd be just as like I mean again like that takes who like would, twenty seconds. Would try? You don't have to make that. <laughs> have you guys seen the uh, the thing with the Braves, the Mister Freeze? Oh, like yeah. they should do something like that where Tyreek Hill gets like a fifty yard head start or or or, or a big offensive line like Zach Martin gets a fifty yard head start and then Tyreek Hill has to catch him or something like that. That would be Dude. fun. Also, you could line up yeah. thirty five cups on each side and do flip cup AFC percentage. <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> Just trying to I mean, go that's, party, that's, drinking that's, games, the whole. That's nine. what it is. That's that's what it's designed for. And instead, they're trying to make it a a game, and like you got to be competitive. And it's just like it's not. Like it really isn't. I know it's the product sad. is terrible. It's sad. Uh, speaking of beat the freeze, and I'll just throw this out here real quick. Um, over the summer when I was interning with Frederick, the minor league team, well, um, we part of the MLB draft league now. I was, we did a version of that called Beat the Flash, and I was the Flash. I was racing various teenagers, uh, children. Um, it was a very interesting thing, but I had a lot. How many times did you, how many times uh, did you lose? Never. No, I lost a couple times, man. I had to give them, it was the same thing no, as the, the freeze. I want to hear what the flag football I'm glad that I know team. that I coached an athlete at one point in time. Yeah. Nah, you coached the flash, man. <laughs> you coached That's the what flash. I'm talking about. Yeah, throw some respect. But, um, all right, let's move on from uh, flag football and beat the flash races. And let's dive into something, I guess, a little less fun here. And, um... It is attached to the Pro Bowl, in fact, and uh, it was actually the night after the Pro Bowl or early morning, but Alvin Kamara was arrested. Um, He has been accused of punching and badly injuring a man in an attack involving at least three other men who who were with Kamara the morning after the Pro Bowl at a Las Vegas strip nightclub, and apparently, like I said, it was super early in the morning, and... um. From the story that I read, he, uh, like, pushed, or some dude was trying to get on the elevator, and Alvin Kamar kind of, like, pushed him, like, yo, you can't get on the elevator with us. And then he kind of, like, pushed him off of him, and um, then after that, Kamar, like, pushes him onto the ground because he's an NFL player and can do that to normal people. And uh, then his three boys just, like, hounded on him, apparently. So that's what the police report said in summary. But um, I want to ask you guys, uh, investigation is still ongoing, but do you think he makes it back to the Saints? Uh, do you think he makes it back to football in general? Like, how severe is something like this for Alvin Kamara? Jaden, I'll ask you first, man. Well, you had a perfect transition. I was thinking the same flash thing. <laughs> to beat the whatever you could have put there for Alvin Kamara. But I don't want to be a part. I of think he'll be. Culture. I think he'll make it back. Thank Specifically, you, I, appreciate it. I think. I think. <laughs> we'll, I think we'll be okay. But I think he makes it back to the Saints. I don't. I don't see any. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a problem. Maybe he gets a suspension of some sort. But I do think he'll make it back simply because the Saints are in such a bad situation that unless Roger Goodell steps in. 
they're not going to let him go. They cannot afford to cut him or, you know, move on from him in any way with the money that they owe him and the money that they owe everybody else to have, you know, this is an offense that could not have to could potentially not have Michael Thomas next year. If he wants out, if you cut Alvin Kamara, you're running Jameis Winston out with Tony Jones, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman. So yeah, I don't. I think that unless Goodell steps Michael in, Thomas. he'll be back next year. No, but I'm saying like, because I mean, there was there was rumors that he was unhappy there, and if they move on from him, that's big trouble. I think Thomas. we still need to wait till all the details come out. Um, I think that's one thing that we do as society anymore is we jump the gun, and they love to put these headlines of can face up to five years in prison. It's like, yeah, that's probably the maximum. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the odds that he actually faces prison time? I don't know. Um, I will say that a lot of times when this stuff happens to guys when they're in college, they give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, sometimes it has been, you know, domestic violence, um, but they do give them the benefit of the doubt. Whereas in the NFL, they tend to have a little bit shorter of a leash in situations like this. Um, but yeah, I think we got to wait till these details come out because how much of an impact did he have? I know that he's accused of punching and badly hurting the guy, but was it because it was him and a couple other guys. So like, was he the main person? Was he the one that delivered all these blows to this guy? Or was he the one that you know, gave him a little kick or a little punch here or there. I'm not saying that either one is right by any means, but I think the severity of the penalty depends on what his involvement in this entire situation was. Yeah, two sides to every story, you know. Um, this kind of, I mean, there's been plenty of instances like this in the NFL, but you mentioned there's a longer leash for guys in college, and the only guy that I could think of that, like, made it out scot-free out of a situation like this was Joe Mixon in college. Like, Joe Mixon. Uh, Tyreek Hill did. Hmm? He fell. Tyreek Hill did as well. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Um, But, like. And both of those guys fell pretty far. Their their draft stock definitely suffered because of an incident like that. But, once again, like you said, they gave him the benefit of the doubt. For some reason, we think that, oh, if you're 18 or 19 and you do it, you're fine. But if you're 23 and you do it, you're done. That's, like, that's. For some reason, that's what we've gotten into as society, whereas 18 is no longer an adult for some reason. I, I don't understand. But I, I, I get that, okay, we're still learning in college, but at the same time, there's – like, Joe Mixon punched the shit yeah. out of a girl. Like, I know that she was video. saying some bad language some bad language to her, to him, which I'm not going to sit there and defend the girl in that regard. But, like, at the same time, you got him on camera, I mean, laying a right hook directly on the face of this girl. Not so, like, like, like I said – Colcott, like yeah. done. That was it. Yes. So I, do I think that he comes back and plays for the Saints? Yes. If you want my percentage, I would say like 70%, 75%. And the reason being is because of what Jaden said. I think the Saints are that desperate that they need him and they're going to exalt every single option that they have in order to bring him back because they don't really have much else. So yeah, I think that he does end up coming back. But like I said, it depends on when this trial is set and, and what happens from it before we can sit there and jump the gun and say he's going to be back. Because if he does serve jail time, man, him and Henry Ruggs are going to make a mean team in that Las Vegas jail. <laughs> team of- yeah, and I don't know what the cap circumstances are for a player that gets cut for, you know, criminal activity. Right. But they are $74 billion over the cap. And if they cut him and have to hold on to his cap penalty and not have him playing, that is a huge, huge issue for New Orleans. 
we will see how the story develops over the next couple weeks and uh, as the season or the offseason moves along. But we'll keep you posted on that. But in the meantime, let's move on to our next subject, next topic of discussion. And that is the coaching carousel continued. So we had a lot of head coaching hires since our podcast last week. Um, We didn't dive into any on Tuesday because of our mock draft episode, but let's dive into them now and we'll give our thoughts on them. So, all right. So the Saints, they ended up hiring their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, and it might sound familiar because he did have a head coaching stint with the Raiders, uh, 2012 to 2014 with an eight and 28 record. And he was actually fired at the beginning of the 2014 season towards the beginning after they saw those results. Um, but he's kind of turned it around since he got to, uh, New Orleans, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, They've been a top four defense in points allowed the past two years. So good stuff out of Dallas Allen moving into the head coaching position there. And then the Jags found their guy in Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach, uh, won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and the gang in 2017. Uh, He had a 42-31-1 record as head coach with the Eagles. And then the Dolphins... They hired 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, a super young guy from Yale, uh, didn't have any football experience, but made his way um, onto the scene in the NFL with analytics. And he was the 49ers run game coordinator from 2017 to 2020, and he was phenomenal in that role. They were one of the best running teams in the NFL over that period. Uh, You think about the multi-running back system, you think about San Fran right away, Uh, and he spent his first year as OC in San Fran this year and did a pretty solid job with not that many weapons. Uh, and then the Vikings, Tyler, your guy, uh, they ended up hiring Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. He worked as the quarterback's coach and the offensive coordinator in Washington from 2017 to 2019. And he's been the Rams OC since 2020. Um, they've been, they were seventh in total yards, sixth in total points this season. So, good stuff out of O'Connell. The Texans end up hiring defensive coordinator and associate head coach Lovey Smith. Uh, Head coach of the Bears from 2004 to 2012. 81-63 during that time. Uh, Made a Super Bowl appearance in 06 with Sexy Rexy Grossman. And he made a NFC Championship appearance in 2010. Uh, Coach of the Bucks for a little bit, but that didn't really work out. Went to Illinois. Uh, then ended up coming back to Houston as the associate head coach in D.C., and now he's been promoted. Um, so that's all the head coaching hirings. Uh, do we want to talk about the Lubby Smith-Brian Flores situation real quick? Ken, um, I'll say this. I, I do like the Kevin O'Connell uh, hire for the Vikings. Uh, I, I think that he's a, a guy that's kind of new on the scene, um, but a buzzing name last year and obviously a buzzing name this year. So I like the hire by Questy. We'll see what happens. They also brought in Ed Donatel from Denver uh, to be the DC. So I, I, I like the moves so far uh, from what Questy's done. We'll see, um, you know, we'll see what happens. You never know with coaching hirings until they actually are her head coach and coaching team. But, you know, you bring in the offensive coordinator to mesh with this offense that has a lot of explosive weapons on it. Um, and, and we'll see what he can do within the first couple of years. Obviously, got to revamp on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, the, the pieces are there for him to succeed right away with the Vikings. So we'll see. Um, 
And then on to the Lovey Smith. Man, you want my honest opinion? Lovey Smith, that hiring is to check a box. I really and truly do. I I I don't think that what, – what does Houston have to – this is a guy, in my opinion, that's going to be there for a year, two years, maybe three years at most to get them over the hump through, through a rebuilding phase, and then they're going to bring in somebody young and new when they are ready to win to then go ahead and, and hopefully get them to the playoffs and maybe the Super Bowl. That's, in my opinion, that's what Houston's doing as far as their five-year plan. Lovey Smith is not a guy that's going to bring you, that's going to win you the division, that's going to bring you to the Super Bowl. I know he's done it before, but Father Time catches up to you, man. And and I just don't see Lovey Smith as a, a a winning head coach in this league anymore. That's fair. That's fair. Jaden, you following that same thought? Yeah, I think this was probably the worst hire of all the hires that were made. Uh it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you you fire David Cully, that's fine. You know, if if you think he's not the guy, I, he was hired to be a fall guy. Realistically, that was that was pretty much the consensus as soon as he got there. Was this guy's not going to make it past two years, and you do that to you know I guess they were hoping that the head coaching pool was going to be a lot better than it was, and by the time they got around to it, it was dried up. And you just go and hire another guy that's in. Well, the I think building. it might have been dried up because um, it's not a desirable destination. Like, what? What? One of those head coaches wants to well, go that, and coach the Texans. I mean, obviously, it's a head coaching opportunity in the NFL. Don't get me wrong, but like, out of all the other opportunities, this one's probably the one that is, in my opinion, the worst. I mean, we were talking about the Saints job. Oh yeah, for, it's one hundred percent the worst because of the situation you're stepping into. I mean. You don't know what you're going to do at quarterback. You don't have any offensive weapons, and you're seventy-five million dollars over the cap. So you mentioned it. You, I'm just repeating your words back to you, Tyler. Dead man walking, walks into the Saints, and then, I mean, and why not promote your DC if that's the plan? You know, if you're gonna, I don't think he's gonna stick around, Dennis Allen. But well, I I don't no, I, don't I don't mind, mind the Dennis it. Allen hire. I think it's I think it's fine because. Because you keep everybody in the building, and this has actually been a successful organization over the last couple of years. I mean, they've been constantly in the playoffs, if not in the playoff mix. I know that a lot of that can be attributed to Drew Brees, but you're you're keeping everybody, you're keeping all your coordinators, you're probably promoting from within for defensive coordinator. But Lovey Smith is just like the defense that he runs, the Tampa two that like he made so famous, doesn't really work anymore. Teams don't run that anymore. It doesn't work. It, it relies a lot on linebackers that you know, just, they're not as valuable anymore. Like this, it blows my mind. I don't know what direction they're going in. The one thing that I think could be a saving grace for like the Texans job of like why it could be good is you have a premium asset in Deshaun Watson. If everything clears where, you know, if he's not going to come and play for you, you're going to be able to get two additional first round picks plus probably a superstar, if not more draft capital for him. But I just, I don't understand what direction the Texans are going in. Uh, what do you guys think of the Doug Peterson hiring? Because I was saying it in the chat a little bit, and I've kind of like grown to like it a little more, uh, like the Doug Peterson hiring a little more. But honestly, I can't see the difference between a guy like Mike McCarthy and a guy like Doug Peterson. You know, they both have a Super Bowl, but do we really look at that like, oh yeah, they Doug Peterson was the super great head coach who led the Eagles to a Super Bowl that year. I don't think of Doug Peterson as the guy who led them to that Super Bowl. You know what I mean? For some reason, it's not weighted this way. I mean, and I it's don't... the same thing with McCarthy, you know? Yeah. And... I don't feel like he led them directly, but I, I think he was the best hire of this bunch, to be totally honest with you. 
I, I really like this hire a lot. Guys, I mean, not I wouldn't call him a quarterback whisperer, but he is 100% there to help the progression of Trevor Lawrence. And they talked, you know, obviously, as he is the superstar young quarterback of the team. Uh, and I think they're committed to moving them in the right direction. The problem is Jacksonville wasted a year on Trevor Lawrence and this ro- or on Urban Meyer. And this roster is so far behind, like, it's just so frustrating to watch Jacksonville and they're going to, they're going to run it back with bulky again. Like, how do you keep that GM after the draft history that he has? Like the only good draft pick that I, that they have had is Trevor Lawrence, who everyone would have made that pick. Every single GM picks Trevor Lawrence at number one in that class. Travis Etienne, I guess, remains to, remains to be seen. We'll see. But how can you call that a good pick? If they, if you have a gem in James Robinson that you were not expecting at all, and your first real pick is a player at one of the only positions where you're talented at. Like, how do you, and you know, who knows how much of that could be urban Meyer, but like, how do you keep that guy? And supposedly it's just because the owner likes him, the owner likes him. And they're going to, they were thinking about bringing in uh, like a VP or something. Like I think Rick Spielman was talked about to be brought in, to be the VP and like, let him actually run the show. Whereas Balky's just there to, you know, to be a smiling face. I like this hire a lot. I just, I, I can't. It's Jacksonville. They're the Jags. I just feel like Doug Pearson is an average guy outside of the Super Bowl, you know? And why, like, quarterback whisperer, why do you use that term? Because of Foles? Or, like, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't that great. Well, he was, I mean, him, he, at least. he played quarter. I don't know why I'm blanking on who he had. Kevin Cole? But he's, he's, yeah, 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 him. Um, but he was pretty sure he was an OC before and he's, you know, he worked with Wentz. He, you know, kind of made Wentz and then injuries happened to Wentz and we kind of saw, now we're seeing what Wentz is without the coaching. Maybe, you know, maybe this was the player that Carson Wentz was all along. And what we had before was Doug Peterson's coaching. A lot of people forget how good yeah, Wentz was Frank the year Reich that they won the Super Bowl before he tore his ACL. Being recognized as the quarterback whisperer there. There's no way that Doug Peterson was the coach being connected to Carson Wentz's concept. So why is Carson Wentz sucked now Did with suck Frank up? Reich? Like, I know the last game of the season was terrible, but... He was he was a bottom half quarterback. Bottom half quarterback? bottom half. I, I wouldn't put him That's in the top ridiculous. I wouldn't put him in the top 16 mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to go look at okay. look at the I mean, stats. Should I get I mean, a he had out? multiple passing touchdowns in most of the games and I don't have any stats in front of me, but I'm looking up uh, bottom 10 quarterback Mitchell? That's Doug Peterson, bro. I know he makes like the, yeah, dude, the he wasn't he was stand out so he had, much and like that's all you want to think about because like the mistakes he does make are horrid. But I mean, I'm not trying to make this a Carson Wentz talk. I don't want to get into a huge Carson Wentz debate. I was just trying to say, like, his MVP success was probably more attributed to Frank Reich because that was a guy that everybody really recognized as the quarterback whisperer. So, in my opinion. I, okay, so here's, where's Wentz here? Wentz was. My headset's so fucked up, but I'm going to try and get it going. He was. Nineteenth in passing yards. I bet he was pretty high in passing touchdowns. He did have a. He was. He was. He was. Six. Eleventh. I mean, he's not pretty high, but eleventh. That's far away for from sure. Bottom ten. Um. 
I didn't say he was bottom 10 in touchdowns. I said he was a bottom half quarterback. I don't know. I don't, I can't speak for Mitchell, but you know, there were a lot of guys that I would rather, and we had some quarterback Kyler Murray's probably above him. If he plays a full season, like I'm, he had Jonathan Taylor this year and they didn't make the playoffs. The defense was very good. Jonathan Taylor playing at arguably an offensive player of the year special or level. Who do you put the blame on in Indianapolis? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. And I don't know how we've got so far into Carson Wentz from the head coaching hires for a team that is nowhere near a head coaching vacancy. But I think Doug Peterson's a good sure. hire. Uh, I've definitely grown on the hiring. Um, I looked at some of the things that he said in uh, – or they showed clips of him in uh, Eagles team meetings and stuff. And I was calling him not a player's coach. He does look like a guy, the kind of guy that can lead men. Like – he really talks well, to didn't, them. And... Didn't he say that he wouldn't get any lap dances or anything like that following a loss? <laughs> I don't know if he said that, but if he did, that's fantastic. He probably said that in his interview. <laughs> He's also very big on ice that's cream. Exactly they had like a two-minute-long yeah, compilation. Clips I was yeah, two-minute-long compilation. Like, you know, there's ice cream yeah, outside. So yeah, players coach. Hey, come on. Did you guys talk about Flores at all? Uh, no. I'll set the stage for it real quick, and then we can dive into it. But um, so obviously we were talking about how Lovey Smith ended up in Houston, uh, former great Bears coach of all time. But uh, Brian Flores was also in the running for this Texans job, and after the hiring of Lovey Smith, in fact a minority black head coach, um, Flores came. Flores's lawyers um, came out and said that quote. It is obvious that the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. And me and Tyler both shared the same kind of thought process, and I think Jaden does too. I mean, this sounds like a bunch of tomfoolery. It sounds like a dude who's pretty pressed that he didn't get a head coaching job this cycle. But what do you think, Tyler? Um, well, I think it's pretty ironic. Um I was listening to, I think it was the uh, Marcel Swiley and uh, Emanuacho, Samuacho, one of those guys. Um, and one of the things that I heard them discuss was the firm that is defending Flores is comprised of 19 employees, 18 white and one Asian. So you've got a firm that is arguing diversity in the NFL that is not diverse themselves. I find that to be pretty ironic because how are you expecting to put forward a well thought out, a well comprised case when you at your own firm itself, everything that you're preaching and doing isn't on that caliber, isn't on that level as well. Um, I think it's going to get nasty between him and the NFL. And I don't, if if he gets another coaching coaching gig, I can't imagine it's going to be a head coaching position. I would imagine it's going to be a DC or maybe something I can't imagine him being in a front office role because it seems like he butts head with every front front office, uh, uh, every member of every front office out there. So I, this guy's in my opinion, really shot him in the foot, shot himself in the foot. And what I said was, he he went out, he even said, "I'm doing this, and I understand what the results might be, and I understand what the ramifications might be of me doing this." And he went out and did it, and then complained because of the ramifications that he even mentioned were probably going to be presented. So. I think he should have just left it as congratulations to Lovey. It's great mm-hmm. to see 
another uh, African-American head coach get hired and left it at that instead of complaining about his own situation, because then it's not necessarily about the cause. It's about you. Right. And that's, and that's the selfish mindset. And that's, and it's like I said, if you're, if you're a team, why are you going to bring that distraction in right now? I mean, it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with you have set the precedent, unfortunately for yourself. And now teams are scared to hire you because they don't want that, that black cloud over their head the, the entire time that, that he's going to be coaching them. Hundred percent. Like he, this went from being about like, okay, you have a cause that you believe in. That's great. Go ahead and stand up for it. He turned it into himself here. This proves like, there's been rumors going around forever, and you mentioned it. The reason that Brady wasn't in Miami is because Flores had such a big ego problem, and he just proves right here that his ego is so large that he can't even realize that. His cause is starting to be fulfilled here, you know. Like, I I just don't understand. But Jaden, what do you think, man? This is tough. I think I think there's some stuff that we're not seeing here because I know that like there's a lot going on with Flores and like that whole situation, and that's a very touchy thing. But I don't think any GM that is looking for a head coach, regardless of the situation that's going on looks at Brian Flores and looks at Lovey Smith and said, yeah, we're going to go with Lovey Smith. I think that once this happened, I think Flores withdrew his name from consideration. Maybe that was to have something like this happen so he could spin it. Or he just didn't feel like doing it in addition to the lawsuit that he just placed. I mean, you know, becoming the head coach of a new team in addition to going through a lawsuit for this kind of thing is probably not a good idea. I don't, I think there's just a lot that you know is not being seen right now with this um yeah i, I don't really yeah, know what fair. else to say like on it did i think i really do i really do think he pulled his name out of consideration here and i totally understand if he didn't want this job anymore and i understand if the texans wouldn't want him either because this is a lot for him and i do think that the way he went around went about saying you know while we're happy for lovey smith you know this this and this that was yeah i think wrong you could have just left it at we're i don't think it's as much as him coming out and and saying i'm i'm fighting for this cause totally get that i think it's how he's gone about everything which is which is why it's getting such this negative feel from so many people in the public yeah for sure for sure but like you said Jaden, it's a touchy subject but um yeah just wild stuff it's big news in the nfl let's move on to our next topic of debate and that is the NFL honors. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why. I just use the Monday Night Football theme, but we'll rock with it. Uh, but yeah, NFL honors tonight. Uh, they're giving out the awards for the end of season at nine o'clock, which, as of this recording, is forty minutes away. So we did make award predictions during the live show, but it was towards the end. And we had been running for like two and a half hours at that point. And we don't have to debate these two crazy because these awards are almost set in stone uh, aside from a couple. But I'll read you off the odds and we'll make our picks, you know. So let's do it. All right. At the MVP. And I don't know if anybody saw it. Aaron Rodgers was golfing the other day. and they Waste were management. Yeah, at the waste management. Yeah. And uh, they introduced him and they were like three-time MVP. And then he just held up the four and everybody was like oh did he just spoil it but 
I think it's almost set in stone here. Uh, for MVP, it's Rodgers minus 400 and Brady plus 500. Um, are we thinking Rodgers unanimously here? I don't know unanimous, but I think he wins for sure. I think there's definitely going to be some Brady votes, especially with this now being Brady's last season. Although when you made the votes, technically nobody knew that, but I think Brady will still get some votes because he did have a really good year as well. I can, I mean, I could see Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor also getting some votes. For sure. For sure. Uh, maybe even TJ Watt. Oh, maybe. Or Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> All right. Uh, God bless. No. Uh, yeah, I think it should be right. I mean, unanimously here, I think we're with Rogers. There will definitely be Brady votes. I don't think there's ever been a player to win NFL MVP and then retire. Maybe like in the fifties and sixties when, you know, it was, this guy was the best player from when he walked into when he retired. Uh, and I mean, Jordan probably did it in 98, maybe. Uh, I don't know if Carl Malone won that year or not, but that would be kind of crazy if he were to win and then retire. But I think it's I think it's going to be Rogers, especially with him basically confirming. And he would be I forget what the select group is, but um, he would be one of like four guys to win back to back MVPs in NFL history. So, although he didn't do it in the playoffs, he definitely proved that he is the man. So yeah, all right, let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year, and this one's a lot closer. You've got Cooper Cup sitting at minus 110 and Jonathan Taylor sitting at minus 110 as well. So basically a coin flip. Uh, personally, I've got to go with Cooper Cup, right? I mean, he's done things that we've never seen before. So, But Jonathan Taylor also, I mean, has definitely a strong argument for this award. But personally, I don't like... I'm going Cooper Cup, and I don't think it's like super close. Not, not a coin flip. Jaden, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think Cooper Cup should win it. He gets the triple crown. He almost breaks, you know, a few records. Jonathan Taylor didn't really come close to breaking any records this year. As great as he was, as dominant as he looked, I think it would have very easily been overshadowed by Derrick Henry had he played all 17 games. Not taking away from what he did, because what he did was fantastic. He was great for them. But I think also the fact that we got to see Cooper Cup and we were talking about Cooper Cup a little bit longer to the fact that they made the playoffs and are now in the Super Bowl. I know that they're not supposed to take the playoffs into account, but we've been talking about Cooper Cup a lot more versus Jonathan Taylor. So I think Cooper Cup's going to walk away with this word. one. You know, we Cooper Cup is unprecedented. We've seen stuff like this from other running backs besides Jonathan Taylor. But Tyler, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, who you got? Yeah, I got Cooper Cup as well. I mean, what he did was just absolutely incredible. Um, and I don't think you can take anything away. And, you know, with him playing in the big game and, and like Jaden said, with us talking about him a little bit longer into the year, I think only helps his chances. Um, real quick, do you know who the last quarterback was to go back to back with the MVP? And he's actually the only quarterback to go back to back two separate times in his career. Paid Manning. Yep. Yep, he did it in... 2003, 2004, and then 2008, 2009. Wow. You forget. Oh, Absolutely dominated. Oh, my God. Yeah, he had to I pop had to, it out. I had to throw it on for, <laughs> there you for our next topic. Nice, man. Yeah, I think it's Cooper Cup, though. There's, there's no denying that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's unanimous among us. But, yeah, Cooper Cup walks away with it. All right. Defensive Player of the Year is the next one we got up here. 
And um, this one's kind of close, but not super close. Uh, you've got TJ Watt sitting at minus 350, Micah Parsons sitting at plus 200, and then Aaron Donald sitting at plus 500. Um, personally, I would love, like, TJ Watt deserves to win this award, and I'm taking him to win the award, but, like, I would not be surprised at all if Aaron Donald wins Defensive Player of the Year because it's the NFL. They try to market it. Yeah, I will shoot myself. I, I will, thought I, I figured it would be Micah Parsons over Aaron Donald. I thought Micah Parsons had a better season than Aaron Donald did, and, and obviously the odds oh, yeah, show that as well. But I think I think it is T.J. Watt because the dude, like we said, what was he half sack or a sack away from the record, but played in two less games since Strahan, if not a game less since Strahan. Yeah, and played played two games where he was he played yeah. less than fifty percent of the snaps and. Realistically, had a sack on Huntley. that they didn't call a sack when Michael Strahan watched Favre fall in front yep. of him so he could get the record. But you know, who, who am I? Who yeah, the Huntley him? sack that, that should have been a sack, but I don't make the rules, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, Jaden, obviously T.J. Watt, you're rocking with it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Micah Parsons. Uh, I think he really no. Uh, yeah, 100. percent I was like. Not fully skeptical, but like I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot of money when we paid him this past off season. Because like for a team that has notoriously not been like, you know what, let's throw a bag at this guy. Uh, for us to do that, I was like, okay, this is scary. And he, you know, put together one of the best defensive seasons we've seen in a long time. So very happy that we've got him locked sure. down for the next three uh, years. The only reason I said Aaron Donald. Uh, I would not be surprised if he won this award is because the NFL loves Aaron Donald. They cannot get enough of him. I mean, you should take a look at NFL Network. I mean, they mention Aaron Donald every two minutes. He won Defensive Player of the Year last year when he shouldn't have. So that should just show you. So, but yeah, we got, we're rocking TJ Watt over here at the Blitz. Know know that you won the award in our hearts, man. Um, But he'll probably walk away with it. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into offensive rookie of the year, and this one's kind of close. You got Jamar Chase sitting at minus two fifty, Mac Jones sitting at plus two hundred. You got to go with Jamar Chase, right? Yeah, sure, for sure, one hundred percent. I I think like Mac Jones made made a run at it. There was like a three week window where like you could have argued it, but. I mean, it was the perfect scenario if Mac Jones was playing in prime time for like two or three weeks in a row and playing well and the Patriots are winning and Jamar Chase had like three, five catches for 40-yard games and no touchdowns. Like it was just the perfect storm for him to fall out of the race for those three weeks. And then he goes and lights it up and, you know, sets the rookie receiving record. I'm so ha- – like I, it sucks that he's in Cincinnati. I feel like a lot of my favorite players like coming out of the draft end up going in division, which kind of sucks. But – I love Jamar Chase coming out. I remember talking about him very highly for fantasy purposes, and he surely put out in that department. So, yeah, I think we 100% for sure, earns his for award. Sure. Tyler, Jamar Chase here? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I remember when we were doing our uh, – our when we were all together doing our live exactly. – Our first live podcast, we were, we were talking about Jalen Waddle, which uh-huh. is funny enough. But um, – I, I think that the last three weeks of the season kind of cemented Chase over Mac Jones. Uh, you know, I was a firm believer in Mac Jones, and I still love Mac Jones. But, uh, but yeah, I got to give it to Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's good. Like, 
Mac Jones, like you said, there was a period of time where Mac Jones was high and Jamar Chase was low. But um, even when we did the live show, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it was a lot closer when we did the live show. Like, I remember thinking that Mac Jones was my pick. But now I think it's Jamar Chase pretty much hands down. I can't believe you thought that. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to defensive rookie of the year. Honestly, there's no point for a debate here. Yeah. I didn't even put the odds. I just put Micah Parsons. It's what Michael Parsons the minus a thousand. Two thousand. Literally, it's yeah. like yeah. So it's it's twenty yeah. minus. I, I said two thousand. Okay, yeah, I was pretty damn close. Oh wait that that was that was yeah, three weeks more. ago. I guess they I guess they yeah. just took the line down because I mean he was so. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. You'd have to bet. You'd have to bet. You would have to throw minus ten thousand. It's minus ten thousand. Right. Something off that. Well, you'd have 10, to throw 10K right down That's to nuts. win 100. So to, make 100, to yeah. win a grand, you'd have to throw 100K down. What? Uh, like, that's that's literally free money. If you yeah. have that, if that's you have free it. money. Yeah. Uh, I want to know who's just got, oh, yeah, I'll throw 100K on him. Screw it. Uh, Mattress Mac. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure wouldn't you get, like, fucked on taxes probably. with that regardless so no idea, but probably yeah let's get into the taxes part of betting let's let's do it let's dive in all right let's move on to comeback player of the year and i found this one bizarre dak prescott is still in the lead right now minus 140 and joe burrow is plus 110 i'm taking joe burrow and i don't think it's close man i mean i know it's like more regular season base and i'm it was closer then but like dude Dak really had – he toward the second half of the season, he just looked bad. Am I wrong in believing so, Tyler? No, I think it's Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think that I, – I agree. I don't think Dak really flourished down the stretch where I felt like Joe Burrow did. I felt like Joe Burrow – Dak, I felt like, peaked earlier on in the in the season, whereas I felt Joe Burrow – I mean, Joe Burrow still might not be peaking, but I think that he's 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 been ascending the entire time from, like, week like 12 or 13. Joe Burrow just keeps ascending. Yeah, for sure. Jaden, you rocking with that? Yeah, I'm 100% with Joe Burrow here. I've kind of taken the role as a Joe Burrow hater, I suppose. Uh, but I think he 100% earns this award. Like, it's not even like he's just doing this because it's, you know, the playoffs. And now we think that he was, I mean, in pretty much the entire second half, even the early parts of the season, Joe Burrow was playing at a better level than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott really, really fell off. I mean, you could make an argument that the Dak Prescott is the reason that Ever they didn't the go farther in the playoffs and have a better game. record. Like, yeah. And, like, and some people could, like, seriously, and it wasn't. I mean, Burrow tore his ACL. That's, like, just as bad. What it, I mean, didn't, I know, like, the moment was bad for Dak because, like, everybody was like, oh my God, like, they thought he, like, you know, leg like snap, snap, but wasn't it like his ankle or something? Yeah, but like at the same time, I don't think this is a an award that's. Yeah, I think it's comeback player. Right. I don't think it's. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's who had the worst well, injury. Okay, okay. Argument, argument point. Here. No, then if it's not who had the worst injury, then Big Ben should have won last year, and I stand by that. Who did win? I don't care. Alex Smith. I don't yeah. care. Name the award. If we're, if we're not Smith, doing who bro. had the worst injury. Okay, but that's it. That's a little uh, bit of a stretch because the dude I'm almost sorry. Died. He yeah, like like okay. Dead. If it's if if the injuries are comparable, if the injuries are comparable, it's like that. That is an anomaly. Right. Alex Smith's injury is an anomaly. Right. 
these two injuries are too closely related that you have to look at it from a field standpoint. Yes, I agree with you on that, that like it should come down to this field standpoint. But the fact that that guy, it, it wasn't that he almost lost his leg. It was that he literally almost died. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he came back in his first game and Aaron Donald was right across from him. That was scary enough. But I, I get what you're saying. You know, if you go by the stats, who had the better season for sure. But that's an anomaly. I think last year is an anomaly, unfortunately, for Big Ben. Yeah, I mean Alex Smith. There was a bunch. Yeah, of people I let I let it pass. I didn't name it. But I I, I agree with Alex what you're saying though, Jaden. I for for argumentative purposes, I I totally get what you're saying. If for not looking, if it isn't an award that's based on severity of injury, we should be basing it off play on the field. And like you don't even need to just like look like who played, you know, who didn't play how many games last year, and then just put them all in a big spreadsheet. Like it's not like I mean Big Ben missed the entire season, and I know that Alex Smith had an injury. And but injury. if we're not going to do this, he all- almost lost if- his leg. He almost got the whole thing cut off and was <laughs> permanently done. Kick. Not done with the NFL. Done with life. He was. You know what's crazy? Off this planet. You know what's crazy? If if Stop. if Joe Burrow does win this award, then that means that the last two comeback players of the year award, the previous year they suffered their injury on <laughs> FedEx Field. <laughs> Yep. Dude, I don't like smile. I don't understand. Like literally Jason Wright. The name change isn't gonna fix know. that shit. That's true. That's true. It'll it'll I'll put it to you like this. It'll end up being the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah. All right. We talked enough about comeback player of the year. But uh, let's dive into Coach of the Year, which is the next award we got on the slate and the final award that we have on the slate. And the odds for this one, we got Mike Vrabel uh, just signing that new extension in Tennessee. He's sitting at minus 185. And then you got Zach Taylor plus 250 and Matt LaFleur plus 350. Personally... You got to give a lot of credit to Zach Taylor and what he's done this year. Um, I think a lot of that comes on the back of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, though, and just the pure talent that he has on that team and that offense in particular. Uh, Mike Vrabel had nothing uh, the second half of this season, and granted their schedule was not that difficult, but to lead a Ryan Tannehill quarterback team to the number one seed in the AFC despite losing Derrick Henry, I mean – that is that was their offense, and I mean that's no secret to everyone. But losing the biggest player, like literally, it's not just like losing a receiver. Honestly, losing Derrick Henry, he was probably the most valuable player in the league at that point. And you lost him, and you still made number one seed in the AFC. It's the reason he got the extension. So I think it's hands down Vrabel. I think Taylor really does have a argument, and the floor is close too. But LaFleur has Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, give me Mike Brable. What do you think, Jaden? Yeah, I think regular season, like, it, it's kind of hard to look at it through an unbiased scope now with the Bengals being in the Super Bowl. Now you're definitely thinking of Zach Taylor in a much better light than you were before. But I think if you're judging strictly off the regular season, it's got to be Mike Brable. Just what he was able to do with this team, get him to the one seed despite their failures in the playoffs. I think he 100% had the best performance of any coach in the regular season. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Tyler, you agree? Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got nothing much to say outside uh, outside of that. So yeah, I would go Vrabel. Sweet. All right. Well, 
We got our NFL awards in 20 minutes before the time, so you'll be able to watch this on Twitch right after or during the awards, see our predictions, and see how we match up. So, And if you want to throw some money on. If you have $2,000 or $100,000 to throw on Micah Parsons for offensive uh, or defensive rookie of the year, go ahead and do it. All right. It's time, boys. We do have a football game this weekend, in case anyone wasn't aware. And we got Super Bowl 56 on tap. Uh, There's been a lot of talk that I've seen this week about the Roman numerals and why we still use them. I don't know why we still use the Roman numerals for the Super Bowl. It's stupid. I can't tell what it is. I have to look it up. Like, I I can't calculate Roman numerals. Can you guys? Is that one of your talents? Oh, yeah. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I, all right, so like I just I don't have a problem with the Roman numerals. I have a problem with the fact that we've basically had the same logo for the last basically eleven years. You look, they had like a big had a graphic today that I saw where it's like showed every single one and almost every single one was different past like Super Bowl two right up until like Super Bowl forty. I think forty four was the last unique one, and then forty five they just did the silver letters with the trophy, and then right up until fifty they did the exact same thing. Trophy, silver letters under that, and now they've just got the numerals, the trophy in the middle, Super Bowl on the bottom. It's been the exact same thing. Please bring back the creative logos. That was so cool. I've been, like, looking, you know, recently I've been on, I don't know if it's nostalgia or the fact that Big Ben's retired or what, but I've been on a search on eBay for, like, just miscellaneous Steelers items, and I've been looking for, like, shirts and stuff and, like, seeing the Super Bowl 43 logo and the 40 logo and all that stuff. And it, it just looks so much better than seeing the same thing over and over again if I was, like, a Patriots fan for the last, you know, however long. It's kind of suck. Yeah, it sucks, man. I agree. Like, they need to hit you up for some creative ideas. Yeah. Man. I mean, you do. In fact, I'll, I'll maybe throw media. something together. Yo, keep an eye out, guys, for the prospect breakdown graphics that we might have on the way very soon but coming up soon yeah Jaden showed me a preview of those it's got strengths weaknesses uh projected teams dude like I love you man that that's like awesome that's like official Ah, stuff right there yeah so good stuff man all right let's dive into the Super Bowl and the analysis that we have ahead and let's dive into tail of the tape first so, tale of the tape for this game, and we haven't done tale of the tape in a while. I kind of strayed away from doing the number stuff, but it is the fucking Super Bowl, so let's die. Let's take a deep dive into the stats now, shall we? All right. So, on the Rams side, and this is in the playoffs. There are stats in the playoffs uh, so far, and I actually cross-referenced these stats if that's the right verb um but i cross reference them with the regular season stats and i ranked each individual offensive and defensive category that i put stats up for i ranked them as if that those were the numbers they put up in the regular season so if they put up this number of yards per game um i will tell you they would have been this during the regular season you know so all right let's dive into it so the rams total yards per game. That's third if they did in the regular season. They put up 305.3 passing yards per game, which is second in the league if they did that in the regular season. And only 94.3 rushing yards per game, which is 27th in the regular season if they did that in the regular season. But 
They're fifth in points per game if it were the regular season at 28. Uh, They're second in yards per game allowed in the good way if it were the regular season. Um, They're 11th in passing yards per game allowed, which is more towards middle of the pack, but that's still top half defense in the league against the pass if it were the regular season. Um, And they're only allowing 54 rushing yards per game, which would be first if it were the regular season. And they're only allowing 18.3 points per game, which would be third if it were the regular season. So commonality among those numbers, all of them, most part, are top 10, top five numbers. But let's move to the Bengals, shall we? This was very interesting when I did this dive. Uh, But the Bengals, numbers they're putting up in the playoffs. They put up 337.3 total yards per game in the playoffs so far. That would be ranked 18th if it were the regular season. 249.3 passing yards per game. That would be 11th if it were the regular season. Not too shabby. But they would be 30th in rushing yards per game if it were the regular season. They would be 16th in points per game if it were the regular season. And then then on the defensive side, they would be 28th in total yards per game allowed if it were the regular season. Uh, 23rd in passing yards allowed. 24th in rushing uh, rushing yards per game allowed. And then 3rd in points per game allowed. So they just aren't allowing points but they've allowed offenses to tear them up so far. Anything stand out for you guys by looking at that, Jaden? Uh, the Bengals are not as good as everyone's making them out to be. And this is just kind of a magical run where they've not run into bad opponents, but they've beat, they've won in the playoffs by a combined 13 points. Like, it's like I've, you've got it right in front of me. I'm looking at the Rams and like where they would rank roughly. And then the Bengals, it's not even close. Like, it's, it's a significant difference. The Rams are top five in one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of eight categories. If it were the regular The season, Bengals yeah. are top five in one. Yeah. That's I not, mean, they're bottom that's like, five, bottom ten. In ben don't break. Ben don't break defense is, is what it is. That's fair. But then you look at the offensive sets. I mean, those aren't the best either. I mean... This is definitely a team of destiny. That's Doing I totally just agree with Jaden. That's exactly what this tells me. You know, like they're just making an opportunistic team. Opportunistic team. That's an interesting way to describe a team of destiny. No, I like it. I like it. All right. So a little segment that we'll do for the Super Bowl special is we're each going to go around and pick two non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP candidates and we'll give six but each of us will give two so Jaden I'll start with you man who are your two non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP candidates oh I kind of I get the I get the pick of the litter here I can pick whoever I want make you guys adjust you know what you know what let's go let's go one by one let's go one we'll go around because that's it's only fair it's only fair so give your first. Get A1. God damn it. You're ruining, you're ruining my perfect day. My James Harden, Sixer, TJ Watt <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year day. Uh, I'll start with Jamar Chase because if they win this game, he's got to have a big Jamar day. Jamar Chase? Uh, I will go with Aaron Donald who's going to beat up that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Um, they will do everything they can to stop him, uh, but – you can scheme. You can scheme as much as you want. If you don't have the physical men 
to cover Aaron Donald. You can put together the best game plan of all time. If you don't have the talent to block a guy like that, it's not going to matter. He's going to have... You can scheme as much as you want. You can put three dudes on him. It's not going to matter. So, yeah, give me Aaron Donald. Tyler? Uh, I had Aaron Donald as mine. Um, There's been four defensive players that have been Super Bowl MVP. Bengals gave up the third most sacks, and the Rams were third in sacks in the NFL. Aaron Donald's going to be going up against the second-worst guard, Hakeem Adenji, and the fourth-worst center, according to Pro Football Focus, and Trey Hopkins. So it's 16 to 1 odds. I do I'm like sorry, that. I but took your for pick, my man, you had all the stats ready for it. I'm sorry, bro. It's all good, man. It's all good because I'm going to go with another defensive player, a guy that has already won a Super Bowl MVP, and I'm going to go with Von Miller. Von Miller has seven straight games with a sack, and he won Super Bowl MVP in 2015 uh, with the Broncos. He had two and a half sacks that game. And if they're going to do everything they can to stop Aaron Donald, should leave Von Miller open for a sack, too, maybe a forced fumble. Who knows? So, um, yeah, I'll go with Von Miller as mine. The line for the player prop on uh, Von Miller sacks earlier this week was .75. And I was like, yeah, I'll take the over 100%, 24-7, seven days of the week. But, Jaden, go with your second non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP candidate. This is great because this was the two guys I was going to get anyway. How did Coop, How did Cooper Cup fall to me here at four? I mean, that that's a steal. That's an absolute steal of a pick here. Again, if the Rams win, he's he's going to be productive regardless. I don't see any way where he has less than like seven catches and eighty yards. Like that that's the that's the standard, unless something terrible happens. And if something terrible is happening, Cooper Cup's going to get the ball. So pretty much regardless of outcome here i think cooper cup's gonna have a great day uh my second super bowl mvp candidate you know what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with a fun one i'm gonna go with obj and it's not just a fun one i really oh you got the you know what take it away tyler i'm not taking another one from you go ahead tyler said obj my bad Uh, my bad yeah (laughs) i mean mean, he's been clicking lately that's the only reason you could take him um but i'll throw out some stats First game he had you know, four catches, 54 yards, and touchdown, but they were well in control of that game. Then he went eight for, or uh, six for, for 69 and then nine for 113. So the target shares up game by game. And once again, you know that the Bengals are going to do everything they can to stop Cooper Cup, which should leave OBJ. Outside of uh, – I'll go Joe Mixon because Shit. I've been thinking Joe Mixon is going to have a big game. Uh, I think they're going to involve him heavily in receiving especially. They're going to have to play fast. Uh, Joe Burrow is not going to have a long time in that pocket at all. Probably the shortest that he's faced so far in his career. So they're going to have to play that quick game. They're going to have to hit the slants, the uh, the quick curl routes. Like they're going to have to, and definitely hit it to Joe Mixon out of the backfield. And also, you can have more success running against this Rams team than you can passing against this Rams team. Um, we saw it. 49ers they dismantled him on the ground in the regular season so yeah give me Joe Mixon I think he's gonna have a big game here so all right just quick quick little thing that attributes to the Aaron Donald MVP conversation was last or two weeks ago when they played against Kansas City their two guards Quentin Spain and another guy that I can't remember his name had a 1.2 PFF grade and a 17.6 PFF grade the normal average for a PFF grade is like 50, 60, something like that. Guy at a 1.2. It's literally, that's literally, but you'd, you'd have to literally screw up every single play to get like a 1.2. That is awful. That's awful. Yeah. Like I said, if you don't, you can game plan as much as you want. 
if you don't have the dudes, if you don't have the talent, it's not going to matter. So, all right, good stuff. Top six non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP candidates. Uh, list real quick. Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, OBJ, Joe Mixon, and then who's the one I'm missing? Von Miller. Von Miller, that's it. All right. So if you want to throw some money down on a MVP candidate, you know, maybe go for one of those guys. All right. Let's dive into our bets. Bets. Not bets, bets. The best bets section. Best bets? Double Good bets. Job. Uh, yeah, but the best bets section. Let's dive into it. Um, the Super Bowl is the sports betting holiday of the year. Like, if you don't know anything about football, uh, there's... Estimated $8 billion are expected to be gambled on this game. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, Super Bowl, shit ton of money is going to be thrown, and we're going to help you throw some of that money in the right direction. So, let's dive into the props, and a lot of people are into throwing some money on the dumb shit, and that includes national anthem length, coin toss, Gatorade color. So let's just throw out these picks for fun, huh, boys? All right. The national anthem length. The over-under right now is 104.5 seconds. So that's like a little under two minutes, I guess. 20 seconds. Oh, yeah, 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 104. Yeah, it's about 95 seconds, right? Or, yeah, 95 seconds. 95 seconds. So... I don't know, Jaden. You got what you going with here? <laughs> I know, dude. Man. This is tough. Like, I'm trying <laughs> to recite it in my head and like, you know, see how long it takes me. I feel like due to the theatrics, because you know, you know, whoever's singing it, there's so much going on. I think they're gonna drag it out. So I'm probably gonna lean over yeah. on this one. But I, I like I mean no that's reason. always the argument that'll go I over just... because of the theatrics but then sometimes it's like 40 seconds and then it's done but I think because it's in like it's in SoFi um everybody's going to be hype I mean obviously it's a fucking Super Bowl this is so hard I'm going to go the under on 104.5 seconds Tyler You guys know who's singing it uh, I looked up the name. I didn't recognize it. It's a woman. So it's Mickey Guyton. Mickey Guyton that's singing it now. Mickey Guyton's nickname across the the uh, stats. I guess you can say the music industry or the national anthem world. Her nickname is Quickie Mickey because she sings national anthems very fast. Now the the awesome books have it set like you said, one hundred and four point five. Uh, or a minute, what, what, minute, minute 30. It's basically a minute 35. Last year, the over-under was at 119 seconds, so just under two minutes. And that national anthem went two minutes and 17 seconds. I personally think the books have adjusted to the Quickie Mickey notation and have made it a minute and 35 seconds compared to what it normally is, which is about two minutes. So with that being said, I think that it's going to go over slightly because I do think that this is her time to shine. And I think she's going to use the spotlight a little bit more compared to her previous national anthems. Dude, I can't. There's your, I couldn't, there's your research. Yeah, I couldn't dream up a better analysis on a national anthem pick. That's our <laughs> betting expert in-house right there, man. Good shit. <laughs> All right, let's move on. to. She went, okay, okay, just real quick. She went a minute and 27 
oh. on Memorial Day. Hmm. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. That's oh. quickie Mickey. What is that? That's 97 seconds. No, no, 87 seconds. 80, 87 seconds. So just yeah, for reference, it sounds like you should be taking the 95. Oh, seconds. Yeah. So that's like an eight second difference, but that's Memorial Day. You don't think the Super Bowl, we can get eight more seconds out of her? That sounded such like a 18, sexual in my bad. 100... Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That did not, that did not sound good. But uh, 100 and, 104 is a minute 44. A minute a minute and 35 seconds is what it's placed at, right? Uh, 100... It's a hundred. It's, so 100... it's up to 104.5. Wow, because I saw it at a seconds. minute 35. Yeah. <laughs> But either way, either way, it's 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 less than what it was the previous year by 15 seconds. So I feel like they've adjusted to her. I, I still think that she she's gonna go over just because it's her one time to shine. And everybody and, and a lot of people have started to hear the quickie Mickey name, which is why people are jumping on the under, which is why it's gone. It probably started at like 115 seconds and is now going down almost 10 seconds. Yeah. So now I think it's the time to hop on the over. All right, that's sweet. that's my analogy. The over on Quickie Mickey for the national anthem. Good shit. All right. Let's move on to coin toss. Uh, There's two options here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Heads or tails? I'm going tails. Tails doesn't fail. You know what it is. Jaden? For whatever reason, I've always been a believer. I need to see the (laughs) coin. I need to see if it's heads up, I'm going tails. If it's tails up, I'm going heads. Always been a believer in that. Obviously, there is no strategy at all to picking a coin toss, but that, that's Josh just Allen that's just my did thought take process. An L so I need to see the coin most recently. But opposite, opposite of opposite, opposite of side, side up. up. Okay, I'm going tails. That's my fails. Tyler. Yeah, I'm going tails. Never fails. I've only done this once, and it was the Patriots Rams Super Bowl. I was with some buddies in Denver. Uh, it was like two two or three of us that all put it on tails, and it hit. And I said. A minute and a half into the game that the coin toss was going to be the most exciting part of the game, and it actually ended up being true um, because that was a dreadful Super Bowl. But, yeah, I'm going I'm going tails, never fails. How, how can you go against it? Sweet. All right. All right, let's move on to Gatorade color, huh? And there was like eight different options, so if you want to throw another color in here, feel free. But I've got the odds for orange at plus 184, uh, lime plus 310, uh, blue – Plus 440. What Gatorade color are we walking, boys? I think... Hmm. I think you gotta go... I don't even know. Jaden? What you thinking, man? So this is this is tough. Because you've got two teams with the colors that align with this. You've got orange for the Bengals, obviously. you got blue for the Rams. I know that you don't want to take too much of this. But we're in SoFi Stadium. We're in the Rams Stadium. This is true. Blue, blue seems super underrated here. I'm, and this all, this is, this is cool blue propaganda right now because I am a, I am a huge cool blue enthusiast. So I'm going cool blue here because I, I just got a feeling, man. We're in SoFi Rams, blue SoFi, SoFi. The logo, the company, their logo is blue, white and blue. I think we're gonna get blue Gatorade this year. You think of blue Gatorade this year, Tyler? No. I'm going a long shot, baby. I'm going with a 14 to 1 odds on purple. 
Water. It has been 10 years since purple has been used. So we are at the 10 year anniversary of when the Giants used purple in Super Bowl 46. So I think that this is the time that we see purple again. So I'm going with the long shot in purple. Damn. Got the bet the house on purple. <laughs> it's just a stretch. We'll see. Take that take that hundred thousand you were gonna put on Michael Parsons <laughs> yep. and put it on purple. Exactly. Uh I'm gonna go red. Uh it's not even I'm going a long shot as well. I don't know what the odds are, but in my mind's eye, I see red being poured on the winning coach, and I picture it being Sean McVay, and I picture him being coated in red Gatorade. That's just what's coming to my head right now, so I'm rocking with red. Uh, Chloe said, wasn't last year's blue? I'm not sure. We need somebody to confirm that. It was. Yeah, last. Okay, so we have 2021 is blue, 2020 is orange, 2019 is blue. 2018 yellow patriots had no gatorade there maybe they were water i don't i don't know broncos were orange i I think we're seeing we're seeing somewhat of a trend here and it breaks a little bit like patriots were blue eagles were yellow and green broncos were orange patriots were blue and then like the seahawks were orange packers were orange saints were orange steelers were yellow slash green and then we had like a four-year run of clear which i don't know if that's water or like chair like the white cherry or what (laughs) Maybe maybe it's that white cherry. If we sp- if we spend more time, if we spend more time on the player props than we spend <laughs> on this, I'm gonna be a little disappointed. All right, we're rocking. Yeah, I'm gonna go red, and we got a blue, and we got a purple. I think, honestly, I'm gonna rock with blue too. Those statistics you just listed off to me, the the priors, and it just makes sense. They're in so far. I, I think it's blue. All right. <laughs> uh, two point attempts. Uh, yes. Is minus one ten? No, minus one ten. Successful plus two sixty. Not successful minus three forty. Um. So yes or no? Successful? Not successful? Uh. I think there will be a two point attempt, and I think it will be successful. So, Jaden, I'm slamming the table on yes here. This is this is two offenses that are high powered, especially McVeigh. With the Rams, I, I think this is a slam dunk. If you're going to bet on any one of these, it's probably this one because this is actually calculated. Like there's, you know, you can actually put reason behind this. Yeah, I think it's, I, I have yes, um, that there will be a two-point conversion, two progressive coaches. Um, that I, I think there's going to be a point in time when when they do decide to go for two. So, yeah. Uh, le- the last play being a kneel down. Yes, minus 205. No, plus 166. I'm going to go no. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do think it's it's not going to come down to knees for sure. Tyler? That's what I've got. I have uh, have it as no. I think that there's going to be some kind of drive at the end that, you know, time runs out and it might be a pass or maybe there's a kick at the end because that seems to be the trend of this playoffs is end of regulation there being a kick. So we'll see. Right. And there's a 50-50 shot of the team who's right. losing having the ball. You know what I mean? And I think the odds are there for the now. Yeah, 100%. Jaden? I am absolutely enamored by all these props. I love this. Uh, I wish the odds were a little bit different. If I had to just pick it out right, I'd be going with yes. I think I think we're going to see, like, there's a solid chance that we do see a, you know, a game-winning drive. But if there's a turnover on that drive, Sure. If they're trying to force things. We could get a turnover with one Very second true, left. Man. That's a kneel down. 
that's a kneel down right there. So I'm going to go yes here. All right, we got one yes and two no's for a kneel down. All right, largest lead of the game. Over under 14 and a half. Uh, I really don't think that any team is going to step out to over a two-touchdown lead. So give me the under as the largest lead of the game. Under on 14 and a half. Tyler? Yeah, I had under as well. Um, I agree with you on that. I, I, I see this staying within a two-touchdown game the whole game. Jaden? Yeah, I'm, I'm with that line of thinking. I don't I don't think Sweet. it'll ever grow to be that big. Yeah, and I think that's pretty easy. So if you really want to throw some money, do it on the under on 14 and a half largest lead. All right, and the last one we got, not as fun, but it is a big one. <laughs> I know, Super Bowl. Ugh. Gross. I don't want to talk about Gatorade color. They do this one every year. Uh, but Super Bowl MVP odds, we got Safford plus 100, Burrow plus 225, uh, Cooper Cup plus 600, Aaron Donald plus 1,600, Jamar Chase plus 1,800, and then OBJ plus 2,800. So, hmm, who we got as our Super Bowl MVP here, boys? Jaden? I think it's going to be Stafford. I think a wild card, like, this should be, I mean, I guess this this would kind of lose some people some money, but if there is a defensive touchdown in the game, whoever scores that defensive touchdown, probably, I mean, he's going to shoot himself into, especially if it's like a close game or something like that. I mean, Malcolm Smith won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that wasn't a close game. Uh, a few years ago. Yeah, well, and that's that's the even crazier part was it wasn't even close. Like, but think about if somebody gets a pick six or something, that's automatic Super Bowl MVP right there. So I'm gonna go Stafford, but I don't. I mean, this probably isn't even a prop. But keep an eye out for guys that score gotcha. defensive touchdowns. Yeah, no, I, I agree. With the, I agree with the logic there, but I also think that if they score a, like a scoop and score off a fumble, then you have to give credit to whoever got the sack fumble, or or maybe got the forced fumble as well. So that's the only other thing that I look at there. And what if it is an interception off a tip pat? Like, let's say Aaron Donald gets in on Joe Burrow and throws a pick and Jalen Ramsey houses it. Oh, Jalen Ramsey is 100% getting the credit for that. Like, you, you people can make the argument, but Jalen okay. Ramsey I'm going Matt Stafford. Um, I think that all the talk's been about the Bengals and everybody's kind of forgotten about Stafford, but this is Stafford's time to shine. Uh, it might sound cliche, but the frat, frat Stafford. Dude, I, mean, I was this, just about to say that. This guy, this guy has been there, man. Was, this guy has been around that. for so long. This is his time. If he gets three touchdowns, I mean, you you, you almost have to give it to him. Um, and and the odds are obviously put where they are because of that. So I'm, but the thing at the same time is, if you think the Rams are going to win, you have to imagine that it's going to be Stafford. So um, yeah, that that's and and I do think the Rams are going to win. So that's why I would lean with Stafford. Same thought process here. I think the Rams are going to win. So I'm going to go Stafford. But if you're looking for my long shot call here, go OBJ, man. I mean, they're going to be doing everything they can to stop Cooper Cup. And that secondary isn't amazing or anything. I mean, it's far from it. So you got guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bell in there. But come on. I mean, you got to put two guys at least on Cooper Cup. Steelers legend, <laughs> yeah, Mike Steelers Hilton. legend, Mike Hilton. But, um, yeah, give me OBJ as my dark horse pick for Super Bowl MVP. All right, let's dive into the player props, and we'll real quickly run through the uh, most popular ones, and then we'll each give three player prop locks that we really like, um, but let's run through the popular ones real quick. All right, Joe Burrow, 
Joe Burrow, over under one and a half passing touchdowns. I'm gonna go over. Jaden. Yeah, kind of hard to not uh, lean over there. I'm gonna go under. Hmm. All right. Uh. <laughs> what is happening I, right I now? I think that he threw for one this touchdown, but a, here's a sneaky prop to look out for. I think it's like plus 400 or 500 odds. Joe Burrow rushing touchdown. Dude. Keep an eye out for that because I think the pressure is going to be there and he's going to be flushed out of the pocket numerous times. Um, and that's I, – I guess I can allude to this other one, that uh, a prop bet that I was looking at as well, which was um, both quarterbacks over rushing yards. Um, I think Joe Burrow's 11.5 and, and I think Stafford's 4.5 and, and I like both of them. Uh, Burrow's actually nine and a half, and you kind of nine spoiled half, mine yeah. a little bit too. I, I like that a lot. Not so much Frat Stafford, but definitely Joe Burrow. Um, all right, Frat Stafford over under 278 and a half passing yards. I'm gonna go over, Jaden. Yeah. Yeah, I think he goes over that. I think if they win this game, it's going to be off of him as well as Cam Akers has played. I'm still probably leaning over. Yeah, I'm leaning over as well. Sweet. I think he, th- I think he throws for 300. Got you. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jamar Chase, over under 77.5 receiving yards. I'm going to take the under, man. He's going to have that Jalen Ramsey matchup all day. I think T. Higgins is going to have another big day. Jaden? I absolutely hate betting unders. I don't know what it is. I just I just don't like doing it because then I feel like I've got to be stressed out all game waiting for it to like it could just be one play and it's over just like you that. Bet the unders, man. I'm probably gonna go over. I screw I'm going over here. I think if, if if this game plays out, if I had to pick a way that this game plays out, it's a shootout. Yeah, it's got to be. And even if Jalen Ramsey's guarding him, Jamar Chase is gonna find a way to get open. Like he's that good and all it takes is one big play to, you know, get very close to that to the point where you just, you know, give them a few little quick passes here and there. They're not going to just let everyone else cook and have Jamar Chase go zero for zero just because Jalen Ramsey's guarding him. They're going to get him involved. These are best offensive passes here and there is going to get up to 77 and a half receiving yards. Plus the big play. Okay. Tyler, plus the big play. What was it? What was the number again? 77 and a half. Depends, because like I could see them putting him in this. The question is, are, are the Rams going to run man? And if they run man, then Ramsey will be on him. But if they go zone, then if he switches sides, like is Ramsey going to shadow him or is because I, I, I I'm I'm going to say under, um, but I think it's going to be really close. I think he's going to be in that seventy to seventy-five yard range. Gotcha. Uh, Cooper Cup over under a hundred and five and a half receiving yards, and dude. I'm going the over, bro. Like, they've had this line set at around 100 yards for weeks, and it just keeps hitting. So I'm going to go, yeah, Cooper Cup over. Jaden? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that if if Matt Stafford's going to get anybody involved, I have been, you know, if anyone who was a Robert Woods owner was a victim of just watching him continuously go to this guy over and over and over and over again, and I don't see any reason to stop now. Gotcha. Tyler. Man, it's tough, dude. A hundred that's so many yards for an over under prop. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um I'm gonna probably go under. Um, but I think I think once again it's gonna be that ninety-five to a hundred type of, of receiving game for him. 
I, I think that he might have the catches. I just don't know if he'll have the yards because I can see a lot of the prevent D. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it's bizarre that the line is that. I do. I will say this. I will say this. I think it's like minus 170. I, I would take it. I don't I don't really care. Cooper Cup to score a touchdown is minus 170. Yeah. I mean, and I we've got the juice uh, high, anytime. I would take that. We've got the anytimes coming up, the anytime touchdown scores. All right, real quick, let's run through these. Uh, Stafford Burrow. Over under a half an interception. Uh, I'm gonna go over on Burrow, under on Stafford. Jaden, I think I'm gonna go over on both here. I, I know I just I keep doing it, but it's okay. I, I bet over on Stafford for the first two games for for him to throw a pick. He didn't throw a pick. I didn't bet it last week. He does throw a pick. Just whatever. So don't expect him to throw an interception. But I'm going over on both. I think Joe Burrow's gonna be throwing late, and he's gonna throw an interception. Tyler. Yeah, I saw something that was over one and a half combined picks, um, and I do like that, um, which that gives you a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Um, Both of these teams from the defensive side, both of their lines really get after the quarterback and create pressure, which is where I think that there's going to be interceptions involved in this game. You might have a tip pass here or there. Um, But with these D lines being as good as they are and with these teams getting as much pressure as they've been able to get here recently, I think that that's going to be – I think that that's why we'll see some arid passes or some tip balls here and there. Um, you know, the, the Bengals give up nine sacks to the Titans. Nine. It's a shit ton. So, like, I, that pressure is going to be in Joe Burr's face all game. And you've got, what is it, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd just down his, down his throat all game. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. All right. Let's move on to our player prop locks, shall we? And we're each going to give three locks that you could throw into a parlay, and it'll hopefully hit on Super Bowl Sunday. So I'll go ahead and start. And I've been hammering these three all week in a variation of parlays. But um, I've got, first off, Evan McPherson, Big Dick McPherson, over one and a half field goals made, dude. Like, he's kicked for 11 the most well he's made nine kicked for 11 but he's made nine that's the most by a rookie kicker in nfl history and 11 kicks in the playoffs so far is insane and with all the pressure that they're going to have on the quarterback i mean you mentioned it tyler i think they're going to be kicking a lot and i think it'll keep them in this game but yeah give me the over on one and a half field goals made and then kevin huber the Cincinnati Bengals punter. I like over three and a half punts. Um, I mean, nothing more to say than this Rams defense is going to be a nightmare for Cincinnati. And I feel like they're going to be, it's going to be a big special teams game for Cincinnati. And McPherson could still very well win them the game, but I think he's going to be kicking a lot of field goals. And I think they're going to be punting a lot. So give me Kevin Huber over three and a half punts. And then me and Tyler were talking about it earlier. Give me Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow over nine and a half rushing yards. Uh, last game, he looked really athletic. He was getting out of the pocket, and he's going to have to get out of the pocket frequently in this game. And especially when it comes down um, to the fourth quarter, he's going to try to put the team on his back, and he's going to do everything possible. So he will be looking for those running lanes. And I feel like they'll be focusing more on running anyway because you can't beat the Rams in the pass game very effectively. So, yeah, those are my three locks. Jaden, what you got? 
TJ Watt just uh, won well, Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, wow. Smile. Damn, I missed it. Oh, well. Um, well, Underdog Fantasy has a little prop going on of Joe Burrow over one passing yard. So I'm going to be taking that one, and I suggest everyone else does. Um, he also, they also, or I saw another one where it's Joe Burrow being sacked three and a half times. I'm going over on that. I mean, the way that the way that they've been getting at him in this playoffs, I like that a lot. Joe Mixon, three and a half catches. I think I think they get that a lot because they're going to be pressuring him, and if they're pressuring him a lot, Joe Mixon's going to be swinging out to the sides and be there for him and hope that he can make a play for him if the downfield receivers can't. And then I was like, kind of leaning towards like an anytime touchdown, but I did see some Ajay P. Ryan over five and a half rushing yards. Why not? Why not? That's a, that's one run. That's one solid run. That's a good pick. All right, those are Jaden's three locks right there. Tyler, the betting man in house, the finale. What you got? Um, so I got a. I mean, I've got a, a lot that I like on this game. Um. I think the first one you kind of touched on it with McPherson. I like over seven and a half points for Evan McPherson. That's two field goals, two extra points, or something in that realm. Um, I do like that. The other one that I did like um, Rams last score. I like both of these. So this is kind of a two part. Even though I'll give one more after this. Rams last score to be a field goal and Bengals last score to be a field goal. Both teams' final score in every playoff game has been a field goal. If you hit one of those, you would end up making money. So if you take them separately, they're plus 150 and plus 160. So if you take them separately and one hits, you'd end up making money. Um, but I do like that because, like I said, last score of every single game for both of these teams has been a field goal in the playoffs so far. Um, and then the final one, uh, man. All right, Joe Mixon over receiving yards, 28 and a half. I think that with the pressure being as much in Joe Burrow's face as it's going to be, you're going to see some dump offs. You're going to see some screens. Now, I know P. Ryan is obviously involved in the passing game as well, um, but I do think Joe Mixon is going to be able to get those receiving yards. A um, couple other ones, if you don't mind me throwing out, um, that, I, that I do like. Matt Gay to miss a field goal is plus 275. The dude does have a nagging injury, um, so keep an eye out on that. T. Higgins touchdown is plus 155. I do like that because I do think Jamar Chase is going to get covered, especially near the goal line. Um, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey interception plus 475. I like that one as well. And then um, do you want me to go over any other ones or do you want to wait and then we'll go over other props? No, go ahead, man. We're in the betting section right now. You're a betting expert. Okay, go for it. the the one The one prop I do love, the one player prop I love above everything is Odell Beckham Jr. over five and a half catches. Fuck yeah! I think this is almost a slam dunk. The way that he's been peppered with targets over the last three games, it, it if it's going to be a close game, they're going to be passing the ball, and Odell Beckham's going to be getting the targets. I mean, he had eleven targets last game. He had nine the game before. That's twenty targets over two games. So I gotta imagine the volume's going to be there, but. The best prop that you can take, hands down, will the opening kickoff be returned? No. Has hit as, – I mean, as far will, – will there be a touchback? 26 of the last 28 Super Bowls, including the last four years, the opening kickoff has been returned. That's 93% over the last 28 Super Bowls, the opening kickoff has been returned. It's at plus 105 odds. And remember, Matt Gay missed a 48-yarder against Tampa. Andy has a nagging injury. 
So if the Bengals get the ball first, expect that kickoff to absolutely be returned. And I still think, even with McPherson and his big leg, I still think the Rams end up returning that kickoff. So that is one that I would absolutely look out for. I love the odds there. Um, that, in my opinion, is, is probably the, the, the biggest one that I would take. Sweet, man. All right. <clears throat> All of our betting our betting expert got his piece in, man. So I love that that uh, touchback one. I didn't know. I was looking at that one earlier. I figured it at it started in a touchback like I'd figured but 26 of the last 28 it was the Ravens and the 49ers Super Bowl and then it was the 28 to 3 Super Bowl with the Falcons and Patriots which were the only two in the last 28 years where the opening kickoff was a touchback wow 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 I just I every time I picture like as you were saying it I'm picturing them just yeah. all like this and then like the big music starts mm-hmm. and then they start announcing the lineups the quarterback runs out and then you said I thought you were like misspeaking I thought you were going to say you know was not returned but that's that's kind of surprising to me honestly 100% Yeah it's it, now look is it guaranteed to hit absolutely not but as far as what history has told us this is as close to a hundred percent um as far as history is concerned as we've seen and i love the obj over on catches too i've seen it sitting at five it's still sitting at five on prize prize picks right now i put in another bet today to hit the over on obj catches so i think that's definitely a lock as well all right to conclude our super bowl preview let's make picks for the game shall we the spread for this one is Rams minus four. Uh, the money lines, Rams minus 175, Cincinnati plus 150. And I'm going to go the Rams on the spread and the money line. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be within four. I think it's going to be probably a touchdown when it comes down to it. Joe Burrow is going to be flat on his back a lot. I he will be getting rid of the ball quick, and he knows he has to, and he's going to be doing those dump-offs, and he's going to be doing the short routes and the slants and the Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield, but he's still going to be end up He's going to end up on his back, and those big plays aren't going to get it done. And this Rams team, man, I mean, what more can I say? One of the most talented pass rush we've seen in recent years, especially he's in the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, give me the Rams. Give me Frat Stafford. I think he finally gets that monkey off his back, gets the Super Bowl, and calls it a day. Jaden, what you got? Yeah, I'm taking the Rams on both. I was really, I really wanted to argue somebody that was going to take the Bengals, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think this is going to be close. I think this is going to be, you know, probably a two score game. Outside of the running back position, I'm not sure that there's a single position group that the Bengals are better than the Rams at. Like this, this is. I mean, four is kind of generous. I feel like it should have. I mean, it's going to be hard to open any Super Bowl up with a huge spread, but I just I think think the luck runs out here for Cincinnati. Rams are playing at home. They've I mean they were able to hold off the Brady comeback, uh, and they've just been playing lights out football. So yeah, give me the Rams. All right, Tyler, what you got? I I really think it's going to be a field goal game. I mean, I don't, I don't want to really and truly get near this spread. I mean, if I have to, I would probably take Rams on both. But like I said, I could absolutely see this be, see this being a field goal game. I, I like the under more than anything. Um, I think that both of these defenses are, are pretty solid. Um, I know that the the Bengals are a little bit more opportunistic 
on the defensive side of the ball than the Rams probably are. Um, but I, I, I do think that the under, in my opinion, between either the spreads or the over under, I would be more inclined to take the under, but I, I mean, even with that, I'm not, I don't feel great about between the spreads and the over under. I don't really feel great about either one might just end up staying away from, from both of those um, just because I, I don't see as much value on those. Whereas I, I see more value in some of these, uh, these prop bets. Okay. Gotcha. But you're going Rams on both if you had yeah. to. Gotcha. Yep. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I guess I would pick them to cover the spread. But I think it's I think the spread's exactly where it should be. Gotcha. All right, boys. Well, that just about does it for our Super Bowl preview and our NFL award predictions and some coaching coaching hire recaps. But yeah, big game coming up this Sunday. Uh, what are you guys doing for the game? Anything crazy? Everybody around here has just kind of been down in the dumps ever since the Chiefs <laughs> lost. I mean, seriously, man. Like, before the, the week going into the AFC Championship game, like, the city was buzzing. Like, everybody was in a chipper mood. Like, all the restaurants and bars were packed. It was so lively downtown. And then this happened, and, every, like, I haven't heard rumblings about Super Bowl parties or really and truly anything. It's just – everybody's just kind of like, I don't really give a fuck. And it sucks. I, I I wanted to see the Chiefs in. I wanted to see the Chiefs win because, like, to have a parade here would have been freaking awesome. But, like, uh, I mean, good for both of these teams, good for both of these franchises, good for both of these quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, big plans, we we don't really have much right now. Jaden, doing anything crazy? Uh, I'll probably, I mean, I'm probably just going to watch it here. I might have some people over. The only Bengals fan that I know, Sam, uh, isn't sure what he's going to do because he kind of wants to watch it at home because he saw what happened to me last year when everyone came to my house and watched the Steelers get obliterated. Watched the Steelers get obliterated, which was, like, awful. And if that happens to Sam, you know, because especially since he kind of picked the Bengals as his favorite team a little little late, you know, (laughs) there's a little – it's a little fuzzy as to when he picked the Bengals as his favorite team. Who did? But we're all gonna, yeah, we're all gonna give him shit if uh, if they lose. Gotcha. But you're so having, you know having some people. Yeah, I'll probably have people over. Sweet. Yeah, our uh, our fraternity's doing some things with some um, some things that are shaped like big barrels with liquid in them. Uh, I don't want to. Oh, get nice. Any, yeah, silver. Uh, like a fish tank. Oh, oh, okay, silver. Yeah, silver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. You gotta you gotta tap it. Uh, but yeah, we're having two of those for the party, mm. and I've got a lot of money on the line. All my boys do here, so it's gonna be a riot. How remember. much? How much do you have on the line? Uh, right now, I have like thirty bucks, wanting to spend more. It's a, sh- it's a shit ton. Hey man, they're on five. They're five. Better, you better. You better hope those hit, man. Twenty five. You, you can't. You can't. You can't shame people on their money. You know. Yeah, bro. Whatever much they want to put down. What is, the fuck is, is that? Is yeah, but he said. With. I got a lot of money on this, man. To a broke college student. Yeah. Thirty dollars. It's all. It's, it's all about your your right. own situation. You know, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So a dude eating ramen on the daily, thirty bucks is a lot of moolah. All right, especially to throw on sports betting. <laughs> so, all right, boys. So that just about does it. Um, for me, Kane Schwartz, Jaden Kozak, Tyler North. Good luck, everybody. Have so much fun watching the Super Bowl. Throw some money down with our guidance and just have a good fucking time. Huh? Last game of the year. 
Let's ring it out. All right. Peace.